Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome to another edition of This Week in Production. I'm your host, Bart Aldridge, and with me, live in the studio, a very special guest, Mr. John Warner. Happy to be here, Art. Thank you for having me. Johnny, we've known each other for a long time, but why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the audience? Okay, so I've known Art since the 1990s, probably, 80s, maybe? I think, I think the, the 80s. Yeah. Late 80s. We, we clearly don't sound as old as we actually are. Um, I uh, have worked in television my entire career, and I've uh, been very lucky to have some very exciting projects, uh, some that I've worked on with you. And uh, over the years, I've had TV series, worked on promos, had a chance to do some writing for, for a sci-fi channel. And um, most recently, we worked on a commercial project together just this other last week. If you were to give yourself a title, and I know you do many, many hats, but where would you put your, your job title in, in the production world? I would say, you know, I hate the word predator. People use predator as producer editor these days and it's just i don't know maybe it's a generational thing uh i would say producer editor though i do a lot of writing and some directing and some shooting so over the years i kind of went from being promo writer producer which was what i initially not my very first job i had a tech job my first job in tv and then i uh became a promo writer producer and it had its limits creatively, financially, and as gear and software became more affordable, I started to learn uh, from my friends who were editors, shooters, and started buying gear that was more of a, a good entry-level price point. So I kind of feel like I can do some things really great, uh, and then other things proficiently enough that if it's a small enough job, I can feel confident that it's going to come out really great the way I want it to and still possibly be able to write it, shoot it, edit it, produce it, you know, on the smaller level. On the bigger jobs, I always like to have people I trust and work with like yourself, Kevin Hewitt, other people like that. So I would say that, you know, the, the, the short answer to that too late, I've given you the long answer, would be more like, you know, if somebody said, what do you do? I'm a producer, editor, I write and direct as well, you know. I don't usually throw the shooting thing in there because I'm not sure I would consider myself a DP, though I'm proficient at shooting some stuff. So today I wanted to just talk about the creative process because as you've alluded to, you've had many different types of jobs. You've worked on different shows. You've worked at network levels. You've worked on independent films. You've worked on corporate and commercial work. And each one of those jobs has a different creative fulfillment, I think, personally, uh, professionally, for, for everyone. And I want to just explore the idea of, you know, how do you find that creative satisfaction on on any given job, because you might be doing a job one day that's, you know, a big budget job. And, you know, there might actually be less satisfaction than doing a small budget job where you have a little more control, perhaps. Less stress, certainly. If, you know, I mean, 
I try to always go at a job, even though it's hard sometimes, with the idea that the job is not about how much money I'm going to put in my pocket. It's not why I'll take a job necessarily. Um, of course, if somebody comes along with a big budget, I want to work on that, and I want to, you know, have the the resources to do something I might not ordinarily be able to do on a regular basis. But I think it's a mindset of putting all of that money, or not all of it, but putting the money that that the client wants you to spend on the screen, and figuring out a way to. Um, energize yourself, which is, as you said, not always an easy thing to do. And sometimes some of the bigger jobs are the hardest ones to kind of get that creative satisfaction from because there's a lot more control. There's a lot more at stake. We've worked on projects that were just strictly creative outlets, 48-hour film festival, where we had some pretty good success with with a couple of the films. And that cost us money. Uh, the first feature film that I wrote and directed, Rudy Blue, I spent a lot of money. I mean, it was basically my graduate school. I didn't go to graduate school, but I, you know, I, my I went and I went around to people. It was a long time ago, when the independent scene was still happening, and asked people, you know, and spent money. And th- in those circumstances where you're not making money, sometimes is the easiest place to find that true creative joy. I remember when you were doing that uh, that job, and that was in a day when you were still doing independent films on film. Rudy Blue. Rudy Blue. Yeah, yeah. And did you, I mean, remembering back now, I mean, that was, you know, quite a few years ago, but I mean, do you, I mean, do you remember that being creatively satisfying? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was depressed for about four months afterwards. <laughs> when I had to actually go back and make money. Uh, not that I had any money. And when I look back on it now, I'm like, well, what was I thinking? I had a newborn, a house with a mortgage, and I stopped working for five months, six months, and spent a bunch of money I didn't really have and spent other people's money. Creatively, it was every day. It was, you know, eight, you know, when if I wasn't sleeping, and even if I was, I was dreaming about it. And it was the most rewarding, one of the most rewarding projects I've ever worked on. And I didn't, I, I, it cost me money. I didn't make any money on it. And, uh, you know, the film had moderate success at some festivals and, and such, which was great. It was, it, you know, and it got some DVD releases and stuff. And, you know, that is very gratifying to know that people saw it. It didn't just go to a shelf, but yeah. Yeah, and it was done on film. It was back when people were still shooting on film. I, I firmly believe that, to be good at what you do, you have to go at every job with the idea of like, what am I going to bring to this that somebody else might not? Like, what? how am I going to look at this shot or how am I going to look at this edit of a piece and make it interesting? And that's not always easy. It's sometimes the most difficult thing about a job. Like, you know, I have a couple of re- repeat customers where we do the same video almost you know, every time is like, how do we change it up? Keep it fresh. Yeah. And I'll go to the client and say, how do you want to change it up? Let's change it up. Let's try this. Let's try that. And I find that if you do that, especially if they're somebody you work with all the time, they're very open to that. 
They want to hear that. They want to hear, oh, how do you want to, you know, oh, you want to make it different this time? What do you want to do? Now, they don't always go for it, but I, they're always willing to listen to an idea about how to make it a little bit more creative than maybe the last time, or at least keep the creativity going. And and some jobs, it's it, they're not interested in changing it up. Right. It, recently, I, I was doing a... A job. It was in a out of town market. I wasn't traveling to the uh, shoot, so I hired a local crew, someone who I had worked with before. I knew they were good. I knew their skills, and it was a very simple uh, talking head. And this uh, DP, you know, wanted to put his creative mark on it. I mean, he wanted to, and I, I appreciated that. Um, he didn't have the budget, the time, or the tools given to him to go nuts. It wasn't that kind of a job. I didn't sell it as that kind of job, but he still felt like he wanted to bring 110% to it. And it just, it wasn't possible. And he, he actually felt really bad that he delivered what he considered a subpar product what was it me. was it truly subpar no it was yeah not. it was it was what probably made the client very happy it was for the amount of money they were spending it, it it wasn't even about the money it was about getting the product that they wanted right and it was it was it was a short turnaround it was a, a small window small opportunity to go in and, and get this piece of content that had to be recorded but he wasn't creatively satisfied with it he was came away from that job being actually a little little depressed and frustrated frustrated depressed yeah, depressed like, like like he didn't give it his best well i think he i don't i don't know who you're talking about it might be somebody i know just not if it is it's not okay <laughs> maybe he's maybe he's being a little too hard on himself he, he was that you he know was, but, but it, it, because you have to you know you have to consider the resources that you have. And it doesn't mean you can't, you know, look, you can even bring creative juice to how you do something. Like sometimes it's not even so much what appears on camera and the, the quote creative unquote, it could be the way you're doing it is a new creative way to do it. I find that with editing, especially like if I'm editing something and I figure out a new way to do something, I edit mostly in premiere and avid if there's if, if somebody turns me on to some kind of trick or some kind of effect that I can build um, or some just some just some way of doing a slow mo differently than I did it before, ramping it differently, to me that's part of the creative process and that helps the creative juices flowing where it just might be a bunch of talking heads with some b roll and yeah, it's just gonna it might not look a lot different in the end, but if I had a creative process in getting there, then I feel like that brings the creative to it where most people might not see that on screen. Like, you know, you'll talk to people who uh, do other things in life that they don't consider being themselves creative, but I feel like accountants can be creative, lawyers, Whoever, bookkeepers can, you know, there's a creative way to do it. The output might not look creative or feel creative or seem creative, but if the process... I was just thinking as you were mentioning that, that one of the things I find very satisfying creatively is when I'm given a request, like this is what we want to do, and here's the budget. It's 
smaller than normally. And I like the challenge of figuring out how I could achieve the end result that they want on a smaller level. Like that to me is very satisfying. If I can figure out a way, maybe it's technology, using new technology to do something. I love that. And right. I it's think, creative problem solving. Absolutely. Which everyone who has a job is involved in that on uh, some level. Yeah. You would think. I, I think most people are, you know. But I mean, there are a lot of people who look into what we do from the outside and they think, wow, that's really cool. And there are, there are times, you know, it's a job like any other job. Like, oh, my God, I got to get this done. I got to, you know, I'm, I'm a risking going over budget or it's not quite what I wanted or I can't get the colors that I want or I, you know, wish I would have, you know, lit that differently or wish I would have cut that differently. I mean, but in the end, if you, if the process is creative for you, I think that, that helps a lot. Now, when you walk into a room and there have been times, I'm sure you've been there, you've, we've probably been there together where people just don't want to hear it. They just don't want to hear that you've got some idea to Absolutely. make this better. Absolutely. They, for whatever reason, they're afraid to, that it's going to cost them more money, which usually it's not going to, but they might be afraid of that, or they're worried about time, or in the corporate world, they're worried about the position of the person you want to work with. That's probably the times where it gets hardest to be creative, where somebody brings you somebody from the board of directors or the CEO and everybody is walking on, you know, and you have to be respectful of their Absolutely. time. They, these, these people are running big businesses and they have limited amount of time. So you have to be respectful of that. But sometimes that's when the client wants you to be the least creative, when you probably should be the most creative or at least have that cap on and go, okay, how do we make this, you know, so when this person does see this, they they like the way they look, they like, like the way the whole video looks, but that's often the time when people just need you to get it done. Like, you know, you got this person for five minutes. What do you do? <laughs> I've, I've been in some situations where I've been hired to come in and work with a group of production people on a job I'm, I'm hired to shoot or you know um edit or something and you know you get into the the group of people and everyone there's a little bit of like feeling your way around to sort of gauge your place in that group sometimes that's easier to do than other times but nor more times than not i i've found especially in this one time it was a, a pharmaceutical job and I walked in and the person who was, you know, in charge of me, the DP, let's say, I mean, he knew less, much less than I did. And that's not a problem for me. I, I never try to put, you know, my, you know, oh, I know more, or I have more experience, or I won this award, so I'm Never better. a good idea. But... <laughs> The the problem was that he was very aware that he where his place was in in like knowledge. And when I tried to make a suggestion about, well, the camera is not set up in the proper way for what you're trying to do, like it's it's just physically programmed wrong. And I didn't, you know, make a big scene in front of the client. I just went up to him and told him he was so petrified 
that he was going to lose his status in the group that he just shut me down. And that's, you know, that's difficult because you're just trying to help. You're, you've come at it in the right direction and you get stomped on. Well, especially since you went to him privately and you didn't make it a thing. You would, you know, that's what I was saying to you before, like on a set or on location, I'm okay with people bringing ideas. I mean, there's one guy I work with who, who I love dearly, who we argue all the time. We just, that's our process. Right. I mean, we were just out doing a shoot on the other side of the country and, you know, we do it in its sort of jovial way, like, you know, two siblings and I've worked with this guy for as long as I've known you, maybe longer, actually. That's our process. Right. But now that won't be appropriate on every job. No, it would. On most jobs, it probably wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where, you know, there's some name calling and, uh, you know, under under the breath. And, you know, most of my clients and I've not had one single client ever say anything like what what the what you know, what's going on here. They generally find it curious and endearing and i've had people come to me at the end of a shoot that i've done and say wow you guys really hammer out the process and get to a place where you know and then they, when they see the finished video they're like oh i get it now i know why you know you, you know and that back and forth and it depends like look if you and i are working we have a different relationship in terms of like we're not going to argue in front of people but we'll we might have a nice healthy debate right like hey move that over this way i don't really like that or this or that and there's there's a level of respect because we know each other same with this other person right the method is different and both are amazingly creative experiences like if you can talk something through to somebody and you know just the i i don't know it's probably like video geekdom where i get off like if i can have a discussion with you about lighting you know, which I don't consider you know, like I can put up two lights, maybe three, you know, <laughs> have success. But if all of a sudden there's like a window and this and, you know, we can have a discussion about that. And, you know, I walk away from that feeling like extremely gratified, like, wow. And and, and it's not anything anyone's going to notice. Right. You and I might see it. We'll know we had the discussion. But for me, that might be the most creative point of my day. To say, oh, should we shoot into the window, away from the window? And when that decision gets made, it's inconsequential in most cases or in some cases. But it could potentially be the most creative aspect of the day. So how do you keep the creative in it? That's one way. Absolutely. Is to talk to the people you work with. Talk to the people around you and ask them what they think. And I, I will ask anybody. I think when I was younger and, and starting out, it was more probably about the job and the pay and less about being I think there was just like hey if if I was able to do the job that was fulfilling enough without in terms of satisfaction, satisfaction. or creativity well Sense. either way because I think they're very similar but now now as I'm older um, it's less about the job and the pay and more about what is the creative reward the creative outlet, you know, for me. See, I only give a shit about the money now. 
<laughs> okay, so we're on opposite sides of that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally, I totally get your point. I think, for you know, good or bad, I've never actually made a decision on taking a job because of the money. It's just something I never did. I don't know why. It was maybe not the best, brightest move, but I've walked away from gigs because either they were getting boring or I wanted to go do something else or I, I just needed a break from it. And, you know, it, it was a little head scratcher for some people I was with at the time. Like, wh why wouldn't you want to continue to do that? You know, like I was working with a network at one point on a very high level. And at a certain point, the, the portion of the job that I got hired to do ended and it was going to go into a new phase. And I was asked to continue. And I was like, ah, I think I've had enough. I don't know. I kind of want to go do something else. And they were like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I, I don't know. And they're like, well, you should do this and stay here. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. You know, so it was either I was feeling like I had exhausted my creative ability or creative, not, not ability, but like what I was bringing to it. I was starting to feel like it was dwindling and that maybe I wasn't doing the best creative I could do or I wanted to find a new outlet to express that creative. Um, and I've been in that situation more than once. I mean, I worked in Detroit for two years. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I went there very young. And a piece of advice I got from my mentor as I was leaving New York to go to Detroit was just say yes to everything. If they ask you if you can do this, just say yes. And then call I thought it was don't drop the soap. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's a prison joke, I think, right? <laughs> can you say that on a podcast? I, I think so. Okay, all right. Well, we, you know, you know, we started the conversation with, well, how do you maintain creativity throughout the process? So what you're saying is there are some jobs that you can look at before you even get there, before you even show up, that just don't offer that creative outlet and you don't want to do them because you feel like you're not going to express your creativity. The dollar value is not going to be there for the client because they could get somebody to do it for half the price and wind up with the same thing you're going to do. Exactly. But is there a way for you to look at it and go, okay, well, they're going to pay me my rate. I'll go there and knock their socks off. Or, you know, I mean, how do you know that? Well, how that, do you know, like, there's no opportunity there to do something different? I guess you can't ever be 100% sure. But sometimes I do look at what they're trying to do, the way that they're trying to do it. Maybe it's the amount of days that they've allocated to shoot it or edit it, or it's the money that, you know, they've allocated to spend. And you, you just know from experience, okay, at that budget or that number of days it can only be this like we you know we've got to shoot four pages in a day and there's three locations like you know that's that's not going to leave a lot of room for me to play with lighting play with you know right you're running moves. you're running so what is right. the value there that i'm bringing to them and what is the outlet for my creativity it's your, not really there your experience to be able to get to three locations and get it done because if they if 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 you say no, and they hire somebody else who's a much junior person who doesn't have the experience, they're just not going to get it done. That that is a fair point. That is a fair point. That that I and there have been jobs where I know that they're hiring me for my 
ability to make sure the job gets done right. regardless of what goes wrong. Which is a lot of my corporate work that I do. They don't want to see somebody who is 20 years old necessarily. Nothing against young people. And I'm not even revealing my age. I'm not that far from 20. Well, a little bit. <laughs> but, Wait, you know. AARP is at the door. <laughs> I told them to go away. They're following me. Um, <laughs> a lot of my corporate work, I, I'm working directly with the CEOs of medium-sized businesses. When somebody comes to you with a job like that and says, I don't have any money, my, my, or I have a limited amount of time, my sense ability there is to maybe think I'm not the right guy for the job because I don't have the resources to get you what you think you want. I've walked away from jobs as well when I feel like you're better off for what you need and what you want to get, you know, vice president of accounting's nephew to do this for you because that's all you need or that's all you want or that's all you can afford. And maybe that, that that's not a bad thing if that's all that you can do. Fortunately, I've been in a situation where my corporate clients are my best clients. These are people who are fascinated by the process, who want you to do things differently, at least the ones that I've, uh, that I've managed to come by or that have sought me out because of the, the work that they've seen that I've done for other companies. They're my favorite clients because they want to. They they want this outlet. They want to see you go wild. They want to see you come in with a steady cam, and you know they're like, oh my god, the last time somebody was here doing a video it was like one guy with a small camera, and you guys are now, you know, you're doing this. You're flying drones. You're running steady cams through the factory, and you know they love it. And for me, that can be the most rewarding creatively. Well, that that that's a good point, and it brings me to another uh, thought. I agree with you that certain clients, for me, it's a lot of corporate work, when they give you that creative freedom where they're really, they're appreciative of the skills that you're bringing. They're all new to them. And the process. It's all new to them. And even the little things that you do, like, you know, maybe you've got a, an iPad that you're, you know, you're using to log notes and like they get very appreciative of all the process that you do that you might take for granted. And, and other jobs that you might do, let's say, for an ad agency where they could care less about you how know, you're getting it done, how right. you're getting it done, as long as you punch in and out on time and don't charge them for, you know, any overtime. So give me the most creatively satisfying job that you can do? Is it you as a producer? Is it you as a writer? Is it you as the production company doing the whole thing? What is the the, the best fit for you for creative satisfaction? These days, the best creative fit for me is when I get a job at from a corporation that what I like to, well, <laughs> it's a t- that's an interesting question because I do like working with the networks and I do like it's a totally different beast. Like if I go produce and edit at a network, it's very creative work and it's highly rewarding. It's it's also, as you said, for a group of people who are in the same mindset. So the process is not interesting to anyone. It's just like, well, what's the end result? Send me the link to the cut and let's talk about the cut. And it's not about anything else. That's rewarding and fun and usually pays well. And I love doing it. The other jobs, the corporate jobs, 
are as I go in as a production company and everything from the first phone call with the CEO of what is it that your business does? And it's all, you know, a lot of the, the my favorite ones are businesses that are in the background of life that you don't really see what it is they do necessarily, but it everything you do, everything they do touches everyone's life almost every day and their process or their whatever they're making is fascinating to me. That's just me because I like that sort of thing. And so I'm a good fit with those people. And that's probably the most creative thing for me. Like I'll go into a factory and I'll stare at a machine and I'll figure out like, oh, this has got some liquid, electrified liquid that they're soldering something to under some viscous fluid. And okay, I can float a GoPro down there and I can get this cool shot. And like the guy from the factory is like, what? You want to do what? I'm like, he's like, I'm like, yeah, I want to stick a GoPro in there and then I want you to turn it on. And he's like, well, it might, you know, short the camera out. I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the five seconds it's going to record, it's going to be great. <laughs> right. right, exactly. And so that, and then they get, and then they totally get into it. And then like they go get the guy on the floor, works the machine and then this and that. And like before you know it, there's five guys standing around and I've just made their day because we're about to float a GoPro into this electric fluid and the shot looks great. You know, so those so for me and it's got nothing to do with the glamour of television or credits or a video that maybe more than 500 people are going to ever watch. But. It is that, that those moments are for me like awesome. You know, I'll go into a factory and there'll be a big turbine, you know, there and just giant machine and I'll get off on it. And I'll say to the person who works there, that is that is the most magnificent, beautiful thing. Wait till we light that up. And they'll be like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And then I'll be like, come back in 45 minutes for your interview and you'll see what we set up. And they come over and they're like and they see it. They, you know, when they see it off the monitor, it's okay. And then they look at it on the monitor and they're like, wow. And for me, that's like, those are special. Very rewarding. Very rewarding. Very, even though that's like, you know, you're talking about like, what, what are you making? Widgets and whatever, it doesn't matter. As long as you go at that process with like, this is beautiful. This is a beautiful piece of equipment. Once you take the job, the dollars for the most part, for me, go out the window and it's more about the process of creating and I don't I'm not thinking always about the dollar or what does it cost to do this if I can make it better if I can improve it if it it takes a little bit more money than I had budgeted you know it's if you're going to eat that money or you're going to go back to the client and ask them for more well money. sometimes it's it's eating it sometimes yeah. it's it's you go back and ask because you can make it better but either way for me my thought process is at that moment Let's make it better. Yes, abs I, I, I agree 1,000%. My favorite thing these days is when you can get a really, sometimes expensive, but a really great location to shoot in. To me, like that's almost better than anything else that you're doing now. Is a whole, we got, look at all these looks we get in this room. It's got this ambiance. Oh, yeah. Lo locations are great for, for, for as a creative outlet. If you had to pick one role to be let's I don't want to say stuck but if you were going to commit yourself to one role whether it's writing directing editing shooting whatever and you had to do that for the rest of your your career what would you do 
I would direct. You would direct. I, yeah, and and those jobs are hard to come by. Uh, well, when you're on set, I mean, for me, and I don't do it often enough, and I would love to do it more. It's just so much fun to be able to give people a space to just experiment. You know, I mean, I joke all the time about actors when I do work with actors about, you know, like wanting to work in animation and stuff. But I really like giving a, a piece of direction to an actor and then have them actually act on it, you know, and do it. And it's just kind of a fun process. And, you know, as a director, you know, maybe it's because I'm a little bit of an egomaniac. I don't know. Maybe not. But it's you, you get you're kind of the puppet master. You know, and if you've got the right crew, people are working for your vision and they're they're pushing for that because they either see it or they believe it or they know you're going to get there somehow. So that's that's, you know, unfortunately, that probably won't happen in my life. I'll probably do more producing. <laughs> well, we're talking hypothetically anyway. Oh, hypothetically. Hypothetically, I'd like to be a yacht captain in the Mediterranean Sea. Okay. I didn't give you that as an option, oh, but okay. Oh, I thought that was an option. <laughs> I've bribed Johnny with another glass of Macallan, special edition number three. Truth serum. Truth serum. I've asked you to tell me, share with us your worst <laughs> directing experience and your best directing experience. Well, the the I'll I'll start with the best directing experience. And that's I would have to say it's really it would be hard to choose which one. I I've had the opportunity to direct a feature film, independent film, where there was a lot on the line. It was the independent film that we talked about earlier. And that was a great experience. I don't know why, when it was happening, if I really felt like it was a great experience, because it was just so much going on. Um, and I used to have to hide in the bathroom because I was also producer, executive producer, director, and the writer, and one of the producers, you know, and I would literally go in the bathroom and hide when I needed five minutes alone which is great i mean that sounds like oh you know isn't poor 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 pitiful me that's not really the case it was a great experience but i think some of the biggest laughs i had was when we did that uh the monkey juggler was a, a short film that is online somewhere we'll we'll link that in the show notes um you know we laughed our asses off and everybody was having a good time and that to me whenever you can accomplish that on set or on location, it's a lot of fun. Uh, some of the worst experiences I've had, or the worst experience I've had, one of them wasn't even, was before we even got to shooting, where we were in rehearsals and I was directing the rehearsals and the actress didn't want to read any of the dialogue. She came to every rehearsal with her pages rewritten. And in the end, the producers came to me and they were, they were like, and it was something I had also written. Let's do it as written. And then I promise I will give you the space and the time to ad lib, go off page, whatever you want to do. But you let's work on, because everyone else in the room is working on what was written and you're kind of throwing them. And she refused. And the next rehearsal, she came back and did the same thing. And I was tasked with asking her off the project or firing her for lack of a better word. And that was probably one of the worst experiences because I didn't want to do it. You know, the other worst experiences, it, 
you know, are just when you can't get anyone to cooperate, you know, and that's happened more than once to me where for whatever reason, no one's in sync. Shit's not working. There's some tech issue that these guys are dealing with and this is going wrong and that's going wrong. And they didn't want Have to- you ever been intimidated on the set as a director by any of the cast or crew? Only DPs. <laughs> how do you how do you deal with that? I think sometimes, and not you, because of why we're still friends and we still work together after all <laughs> these you. years. Uh, I was wondering for a minute. <laughs> how do I deal with be, tr- people trying to intimidate me? Well, I've worked in the news business also. There was a lot of intimidation by the talent, by the executive producers. You know, you'd have to go and ask to use a talent for something that the people in marketing wanted you to wanted that person. And you got intimidated by everyone along the way. You had a lot of gates to open to get to the person, you know, the assistant to the EP, the EP, then the EP would send you over to the talents assistant. And then the talents assistant would see if there was room in their schedule. And then in the end, you'd finally get to the talent and then Sometimes they were pretty big names, and boy, sometimes they would really just want to intimidate the shit out of you. And, you know, I mean, one time I said to somebody, hey, I'm just the messenger. (laughs) You know, you don't have to do this. If you don't want to do this, that's fine. And they shut up, and they they did it when I said that. But I was just like, at that point, I was like, I'm not, you know, I don't need to throw myself on the ground and and beg for you to do this it's really it's just television i i'll i'll tell one story yeah i want to hear i want to hear like how do you get because i i've worked with you enough we work together all the time i don't ever see you being intimidated are you are you do you ever get intimidated you just internalize it it hasn't happened recently but when i was um in my 20s i i was hired to shoot a uh, video for the Museum of Natural Broadcast uh, Museum of Natural History in New York, and the talent was going to be Barbara Walters, and it was something about Margaret Mead, and uh, we were going to go over to ABC and and shoot this piece with Barbara Walters. Now I'm like you know 24, I really don't know where I am in this you know universe of production, but I, I can operate a camera and do what I have to do competently. But we got to the floor and we set up, we had plenty of time to set up. And the minute that she got on the set, Barbara, I mean, she just owned me. And she just looked at me and I was, for some reason, just quivering. And she was like, you know, roll, cut, you know. She was directing. She was directing. And, and you know, she literally, I remember the, the director started to explain the, the process. He had worked with her before. No. Oh. No. The director started to explain what they were looking for from Barbara. She heard about 10 seconds of this, you know, spiel. And she's like, I got it. Roll camera did her thing like 90 seconds on the button, took the mic off and, and walked, walked out. out. 
and one take uh, one take yeah, and i've worked with a lot of voiceover guys I, I there was a couple of voiceover guys when i was working with nbc years many years ago you'd ask for a second take and you better tell them why i asked for a second take one time and the answer the the, the deep voice uh from a booth in los angeles somewhere said why do you need two takes i usually only do one <laughs> and so I, 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 I lied and said it wasn't the time. And he knew I was lying because he had a clock on his side. And he didn't want to do it. He didn't do it. <laughs> he got up and walked away. It was ISDN line, so I couldn't see him. The next time I asked him for another take, I gave him a, I gave him a real reason. And he did it. But I had no reason. Like He was just like, no. The voice of God. You know, one time... I was doing a commercial, producing a commercial, and the it was a car dealer, and they had a lot of money, and they wanted like a very high end. And he said, "I want James Earl Jones to do the voiceover." <laughs> and I was again, he called his agent. It wasn't even his agent. I called a number, and James Earl Jones answered, answered the, the phone. phone. Really? And he yelled at me. He yelled at he you. Yelled at me. Why are you calling this number? He, no, he said. I, you cannot afford me. Do not call me again. <laughs> Why did he have the number out there? Can I, I get it now? I'd love to. <laughs> I'll ask him to do some Star Wars. I think it's five 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 one two two one two. One, two. two. Okay. All right. Information. Uh, you know, I've had people tell me I intimidate them sometimes. I, I don't see how that happens, but I don't know. I guess depending on how the mood you're in or the, the way you say something can, you know. I mean, I like to mess with people and just have fun. And sometimes maybe people misinterpret having that fun for... You, you have you have a unique sense of humor. <laughs> and I think if people don't know how... Especially the PAs. <laughs> Johnny, we're going to bring this to a close. Thank you for You're, sharing. You're welcome. I appreciate having you on. And we'll have you back to, yes. to discuss your worst and best... <laughs> producing moments <laughs> okay i like that subject All absolutely right. thank you very much thanks for having me